Professor Dumbledore has granted me permission to start this little dueling club. And with that, welcome to the dueling club, learning one spell at a time. Hello, hello, and welcome to the dueling club. I'm Jen. I'm Al. <laughs> He's dancing, so it's making me laugh because we were making sure our volume and stuff was okay, because obviously that's what you have to do before you start recording. And um, I'm like, one more time. And now he's dancing to I the just, song. <laughs> so gonna celebrate. Oh, yeah. Awesome dancing. One more time. <laughs> we don't own rights to the song. We were just singing. Okay. I, I, okay, 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 okay. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> you're dancing around, so that makes sense that you're good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, anything new happening with you? Sorry, I was really <laughs> <laughs> You really were. I was. Anything new going on with you? Uh, I know that you're selling more stuff, more eBay stuff. Well, it's stuff that I had planned to sell anyway, so... The computer made a noise, sorry. True. Not just, like, Pokemon stuff, I have, like... Very limited basketball. Th- literally three of these and that's it. Mm-hmm. Little box thingies. Um, but yeah, just to sell some stuff that I don't want. Though the whole point was to purchase to sell as an investment in the future, as like people do with stocks. Now is the future. The future is now. Yeah, like these. <laughs> oh, I put them away so you can't even see them. Yeah, no. But no, it no. doesn't matter. Yes. They're, they're in the other room. I bought them a year ago for $50 each, and now they're selling for over $300 each. Uh, sell, sell, sell. Yeah. I have four of them. I want That's to the thing all. that you told me. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I have, like, some things that, like I said, I bought as an investment, and they're paying out. And so I was like, you know what? Like, no time like the present. Might as well. Understandable. Boomba. My brain stopped for a second. That's why it took a second. Your brain always goes, eh. Every once in a while. Yeah. Um, You've been talking a lot. Yeah. So, we're... Yeah. We're, we started talking five hours ago, and we've stopped. No, we didn't start talking all. five hours ago. Five hours ago, you and I were having a conversation. Yeah, no, but talk, it's still talking. Yes, but not on, on microphone. I know, but we've been using our I was going to say on camera, brains. but we're not on camera. We've been using our brains for a very long period of time. Yeah, and it's the weekend. That's typically reserved for work stuff. And so yeah. on the weekends, we're literally just like brain today. We're like, ah. So I have to, I have to say this. Do it. So the boyfriend and I message each other throughout the day because that's what we do. And he sent me a picture of something. Mm-hmm. And in the picture, it literally said, um, it literally showed his, his work computer. And just, like, nothing of, of interest, nothing that he shouldn't be sending me, but I just saw Windows Server 2012. Just that in the picture. Like, it didn't show any work things, it just showed that. Since we work in, with Microsoft stuff and licensing. Microsoft licensing. Yeah, and licensing. Here. So I, I know licensing very well. I looked at that and was like, "Oh, that's outdated. It's going the the life cycle of that product is going to come up in a year or two. They're going to have to either upgrade or purchase extended support for that." Mm-hmm. And I literally told him that. And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, Wh- "What's the what's the end date on the product? What is the <laughs> How long is the extended support for? Yeah, I'll definitely tell my boss. And then he sent me a picture of his computer, and he's like, I don't think they care, considering this is what my computer looks like. Yeah, they're kind of... (laughs) I work there, so I know. And I was like, stop it. You sent me this in the middle of my workday. My brain is full-on work mode. I am sorry, but that's what I do. True. And he just laughed at me. Not in a malicious way, but in a ha ha ha. you're goofy. Yeah. Yep. So that's what happened. No, I I literally get that. I understand. 
And because I've just dealt with a lot of people asking me about Windows servers and end of life and extended support, like I had that in the forefront of my mind. It's the salient thing. So, of course, that's what pops out at me. Yeah. Crazy, right? Can I be honest with you for a sec? Yes. I have never had legitimate tacos. Okay. Never. So. Yep. Thank you for telling me that, because mm-hmm. now I know where we need to go get tacos while our friend is here. Okay. So, I was, n- I, up until recently, have not been a fan of tacos. Really? Why um, is that? Because I've never had them, so I don't know why you would be no, for no. or against them. For, because so they listen, look delicious. So, listen, the yes. reason I was not a fan of tacos mm-hmm. was because I had only ever had homemade tacos, not by, like... Mexican people made by Mexican people. How about like like the, the like the, the ones very... you make at home that are very Americanized. Ooh, yikes! Okay, same, same, same. Or like burritos from actual places. Like for me, it's always been and, a burrito, like you said, yeah. from like, like like Chipotle. We'll say, yeah, because right? it doesn't count. But not like Chipotle, but like remember um, in in Reno there was a place called La Michoacana, and we would get burritos from them every once in a while. Yes, they had really yummy burritos. Okay, so yeah. and they were the same price as essentially a taco or two. So to me, it never made sense from a cost perspective mm-hmm. to get a taco and try their tacos like that's whatever. Okay, it wasn't until I said this to the boyfriend, and he was like, and he's like, wait a second, what do you mean? I said, I just if I'm going to make it at home, I'd rather make something else, and if I'm not going to make food, I would rather not buy it. And he said, okay, let's actually order from a Mexican place. Like an authentic Mexican place, get authentic tacos. They're delicious. Damn. I feel like I've been missing out like my entire life. You have. So have you apparently. Yes. So if you if you get on the train now, you'll be ahead of me. Okay. Because you're that. younger. I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. And then I ended up having media tacos. Media tacos, the ones that have the dip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those are delicious. Those Dude. are even better than regular tacos. And there's this place, the, the one, one that the I want to take you to, that they make. Tacos. Those are delicious. Freak, okay. Like all of all tacos are delicious. I keep saying that, but they are authentic tacos not taco bell tacos like that's not there's nothing wrong with that if you like that's fine no but that's fast food tacos that's like fast food americanized tacos Mm -hmm. okay so the place that i like they have they make the bomb like deliciousness dot com um yes i was gonna say something not appropriate so they make these really yummy quesadillas mm-hmm. they make chorizo like spicy chorizo mm-hmm. not like italian sausages but like a mexican chorizo quesadillas that are phenomenal i've seen very like, on tiktok like authentic like Mexican and like 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 Hispanic foods, and they look so good. And I'm like, have I been sheltered? Yeah, because mom hates Mexican food. Well, mom doesn't the, like rice. Well, she doesn't like the smell of tortillas either. Well, because because of her stint in Mexico when she was coming to the states. Yeah, and that's all that they could really get was like street food. She doesn't like. Was, like what she calls raw tortillas, which is basically not a tortilla that's been heated up. Yeah. But tortillas are dough that's been cooked. Yeah, that have been like fried, not with like not oil, fried, but on, but a, yeah. on a on a on a plancha on yeah, a on a plancha on a on a grill top. Yes. Correct. So we we have not enjoyed these things because they weren't things that we would normally and they're not eat. part of our culture yeah no there's no such the big thing for uruguayans that's where our parents are from uruguay is barbecue stuff yeah. but not not like stuff not like american style barbecue, barbecue. yeah there's there's no real sauces 
the only kind of that you can sort of say is which is chimichurri. The, the closest That's thing it. that you can compare it to is smoked stuff. Yes. Because it's te- or, te- yeah. technically on coals that it's hot. It's heat. Typically, we, like we do it now on coals, but like the grill that we have in the backyard is you can use wood. You're supposed to use wood. But That's you're supposed the to, You're supposed to heat taste. it up until it's basically coals. It's, yes. It's, it's like. Yes charcoal-ish kind yes. of and that's spread so, apart on the bottom and then the heat rises and cooks it mm-hmm. and the again the closest thing is to is to smoking. smoking yeah um so and it's not there's no sauces or anything it's salt except for the chimichurri if yes. you want it on the side yeah but it's just salt yeah and it's and like maybe some pepper maybe maybe but it's some i don't know what does it I don't know if it's because, like, a precise temperature that it gets to. It's the cut of meat, number one. True. And it's the way that it's cooked. Yeah, but even, you know, rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain, but he even said the best barbecue in the world is Uruguayan barbecue. Yes. It's called asado. It's the best. Because it is. Yeah. Like, and I'm not just saying that because I'm Uruguayan, but yeah. It's, so... There's nothing wrong with American barbecue using no, sauces and using using a lot of condiments and using things to sort of it doesn't necessarily enhance the flavor of the beef it enhances the flavor of the meal. Yes. Right? But the way your glines do it is it pulls all that moisture out and so what you're left with is like a very tender special enhanced beefy flavor or chicken flavor it's like or pork flavor. or pork but think of that cut of protein to the nth degree and that's what uruguayan yeah. barbecue is and it's, that's why it's so special exactly Literally. and like our our father is the one who would usually grill our father his brothers usually the ones who our would father. grill for us but almost always our father um he had been grilling since he was like six yeah because he grilled with his dad like straight up at events this was not a oh i'm just gonna on the weekend no this was his dad's profession every day like was it after school or like he would go to help instead of school too sometimes like he would go after school every day Mm -hmm. but his dad was there from sun up to sundown yeah or not even sundown, sun up till they the last bus going home. I think I think our community here of Uruguayans would say that our dad yeah. is the best. It, it, they're called paricheros. yeah, like people guys who control the grill. Mm-hmm. He was the best, and uh, only was yeah. because he doesn't live in the area anymore. Oh yeah, like he's not. So, he hasn't. Not not trying to weird flex. My dad grills better than yours. I'm just saying. <laughs> But flex. Yeah, but it's a flex. Yeah. It's real. Anyway. <laughs> I joke around. Okay. So the boyfriend is Peruvian. Mm-hmm. We are Uruguayan. I tell him his people can have in the kitchen. My people have outside. Yeah. When it comes to food. And our in kitchen is still good. Our in kitchen if is good. We don't good, have a history. Like, we don't have as rich a food history inside as they do. They make 200 different kinds of potatoes. Yeah, but come for and our pizza, though. Like, oh, try, no, our pizza's amazing. Our, pizza. <laughs> our pizza's amazing. And and our alfajores are better than theirs. That is a And that's short... not just me flexing, because I make them for the family, and when I make them the right way, not, like, cut corners, when I make them the right way, the nobody makes them better. Um, is it a mixture it's of It's a mixture flour of flour and, and cornmeal. Corn, yeah, okay. It, that That's basically what it is. It's two cookies of those, a sandwich, and in the middle is not caramel. Dulce caramel, de leche. So, so it's technically, quick, everybody likes to call it milk caramel. It's what it is. Yeah. It's a condensed milk that is turned into a caramel, basically. Yes. Instead of, so it's, it's creamier, it's richer than a normal caramel. And that is in the middle. Argentina then, makes one, too. Why are we talking about food? Argentina makes we one too. Yeah, and theirs is theirs is good, but if you buy dulce de leche from the store, which you can if you live in a more um, 
predominantly Latino environment, a neighborhood. Oh, and there's coconut on the outside as well. I forgot. Yes. To is, it, is it? Yes. Shaved or desiccated or whatever it was called. Shaved. Um, we'll, we'll talk about that in a second. Um, the Uruguayan ones is better. It's coconut shavings. Yeah. So what we do is we make the cookies. It's a, it's a cookie sandwich. It's a dulce de leche. Um, it's kind of like half, if it, if I want to say what it tastes like, it's like half sugar cookie, half butter cookie. That's yeah. the kind of taste it has to it. With dulce de leche sandwiched in the middle, and then you, you pinch it a little bit more to get the dulce de leche to overflow, and then you roll it in coconut shavings. Yeah. And that's the cookie. So I'm going to be real right now. Yeah. Our co- That's like our national cookie, basically. Yeah, because, yes. Yes, it is. I don't love them. I know. Because they're really dry. Oh, the Peruvian ones are worse. Uh, n- hey, Peruvians, if you're listening, don't come for me, but you know I'm right. My friend has talked a lot about Peruvian food, and I want to try some of it. Like the duck they have, and like... It's so good. Um, their fried rice. Their fried rice is amazing. Because apparently, which is really cool that I found out, is that Peru had a very, like, large portion of their history to do with, like, Japanese immigrants. Well, the last president, not the current one, but the last president before him, Fujimoto. Yeah. Well, look at the last name. Yeah. So, like, their their food, their cuisine is very much so influenced by Japanese foods. It's... My boyfriend's mom is the best cook ever. And when we go to her house and she's cooked, whatever I'm doing at that point, if I'm trying to eat healthy, I stop. You, you have I to. just enjoy the food that's there and say the next meal I have is going to be better. But I'm going to enjoy myself thoroughly. Yeah. So the Japanese influenced food is, uh, I, I've looked it up and you can look it up on YouTube. It's called I Chifa. Know. I know. And then the rice, the fried rice, because it's it's confusing. It's for called chaufa. It's called chaufa. And, like, I don't know, dude. I know, I've, I've had it. Videos. It's so good. I've seen some videos that I'm, like, mouth-watering. Anyway, enough about food. Yeah. I love how two episodes ago it was healthy food. And now we're just like, no, just give me everything that's bad. I don't care. It's not give me everything that's bad. I don't care. I can appreciate the the deliciousness that comes are along with certain foods. Also, let it be known that I ordered Chinese food, and it'll be here while we're recording. Anyway, darn you! <laughs> I'm sorry, I had to. I was so hungry. So, I can appreciate the food, yes. even if I'm trying to eat better. Mm-hmm. I can still say, "Hey, I've had this, and this is amazing." I'm a foodie. I have no shame in that. I whatsoever. am 100% a foodie. It's just I have to be very deliberate about the things that i enjoy now yep that's all same ish soon well and and i've realized as i've gotten older which makes me sound old as hell but i'm not it's stop it (laughs) i am no longer willing to just eat whatever if i'm going to eat something i want it to be something i actually want and i'm actually going to enjoy you know that's fair Okay, so Harry Potter. Let's, let's actually Speak, do that for once. Well, no, it makes sense because in this in this chapter, there they is food. Eaten. They be eaten. They're, oh, they eat well. True. So, season five, episode 11 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Yes. Burger and Fries. Chapter 11, The Sorting Hat's new song. I can't guarantee that I will do the song. No. We listen to it, and it is a difficult tune it is, to go yes, with. Yes, it is. Um, but what I can guarantee you... The song you, is good. What I can guarantee you mm-hmm. is that you, if you like, follow, and subscribe, you will absolutely have a great time. True. Because we're on Facebook, and we have a Facebook group, and we're on Instagram, and we're on Twitter. Um, you can listen to us anywhere you want to listen to us that has podcasts. We're hosted on Podbean, so I mean, if you want to, go there and listen to it, and like, like and follow there. That would be awesome. Um, but you don't have to. 
and we love you and we've gotten a bunch of new followers so welcome you're awesome thank you stick around okay so let us begin let us begin Uh, i just had to put it in because we had it in the in the like last episode yes so i kind of wanted to just throw it in and it was a good segue yes okay recap really quick um they're on the hogwarts uh luna lovegood um thestrals Again, if you don't know what those are, those are the horse reptile creatures that pull the carriages that, that have were up wings. until this year yeah. uh, invisible to Harry. Or did, did not exist to Harry. Yeah. He thought that the the carriages that they usually go up to the school in were horseless. Yes. And now he's like, wait a second, what are these creatures? Yes. And uh, Luna Luna Lovegood can see them. She's like the crazy kooky But Ron little. can't. Yes. Uh, she's the Ravenclaw who can see them. And And she's a little kooky. Yes. I would like to say that I believe that if we were going to use current terminology, Mm -hmm. that she is somewhere on the autism spectrum. Yes. Um, And I would classify her as what used to be called um, Asperger's. Um, She's definitely neurodivergent. Absolutely neurodivergent. Mm -hmm. And I appreciate her. I do too. I, I think she's in my, like, top list of characters. She's probably my top five. Um, I don't know where I'd put Harry, it. Sirius, McGonagall, Luna, Neville. McGonagall? No, Dumbledore instead of Neville. Mm. I love Neville, but like... McGonagall? Well, oh, okay, I'll think about it. Because McGonagall's number one for me. Obviously. Hermione's up there. Sirius is my number one. Harry is up there. Um, but I don't even think he makes a top three. Lupin. You know how I feel about Lupin. He's the last book. Yeah. That's gonna be a fun list to make. In the next yeah, episode. we're gonna have to. We're yeah. gonna have to think about it. Well, because we'll, it's we'll not reconvene. Something that we can go. We'll reconvene next week yes. and make our and let our list be known. Or later this week. True. So, yeah. We'll do that. Okay. Okay. Homework. Okay. So, as Harry, Ron, Ginny, Hermione, Neville, and Luna ride toward the castle... The whole crew. Yes. Harry remains concerned with the disturbing black horse creatures. That apparently only him and Luna can see. Yes. Soon, though, the conversation turns toward Hagrid's mysterious absence. Because, again, he's the one who um, greets the students back off of the train... And um, this year it was always, he always Professor the first Grubbly years. Plank. Yes. Yeah. And we met Professor Grubbly Plank in book four. Yeah. Last book. Last book when um, it came yes. out that Hagrid was half giant and he, and he was uh, uh, depresso espresso yes. for a week. It was more than a week. It was a couple of weeks, I think. Mm. Not like two or three weeks. It was more like a, a week. Because it was two classes that she... Um, yes. Did and don't they only have? Didn't they only have ma- care magical creatures once a week? Mm, we'll have to check. Okay, I'm gonna say it was two weeks. I'm not gonna check right now. No, 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 we're not. I, I'm gonna say it was two weeks. I'm pretty sure it's two weeks. Let's go with that. Okay. I'm sure Max will correct us. Thanks, Max. He is our fact checker. Uh huh. Buddy, he no original. You, ne- you get nothing past him. Yeah. I love that. Um. Harry, Ron, and Hermione scan the Great Hall upon entering. Still oh, by the to way, hold it. on. Yes. I have to say that Crookshanks is with them because Hermione made sure that Crookshanks, in the last chapter, he was he was in her arms and she made sure to bring him. And Pig. And Pig. And, well, I don't think Pig and is with obviously Hedwig. Obviously. Yes. Um, they conclude he is still on his Order of the Phoenix mission. Um, you don't think he's, again, yeah. a little quote from the book. You don't think he's hurt or anything, do you? Said Hermione uneasily. No, said Harry at once. But where is he then? There was a pause and Harry said very quietly so that Neville, Pavardi, and Lavender could not hear because they sat near them. Yeah. Um, maybe he's not back yet, you know, from his mission. The thing he was doing over the summer for Dumbledore. Well, and this is when Luna is there while they're discussing this and before they get quiet, She's like, you know, all of us in Ravenclaw House kind of think he's he's not the thing. 
he's not good, basically. Yeah. And Ron's like, well, all of you are dumb. <laughs> it's so funny calling Ravenclaw's dumb. I love it. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, that'll be it, said Ron, sounding reassured, but Hermione bit her lip, looking up and down the staff table, as though hoping for some conclusive explanation of Hagrid's absence. A short, stout, curly-haired woman with a pallid, toad-like face and prominent, pouchy eyes well, is seated at the staff table. Mm-hmm. We've seen this person before. Yeah. Harry immediately recognizes Dolores Umbridge. The particularly nasty interrogator at his ministry hearing. What was it? She's the senior undersecretary, undersecretary to, to the minister. minister. Um, she is the one who sort of, when Dumbledore insinuated that they were under somebody else's control, other than the Ministry of Magic, and said, "Well, if they aren't, then somebody sent them." Mm-hmm. She's the one who was like, "I'm sorry. Are you questioning us?" Are, are, are you insinuating that we set this the attack on the boy? And it's just like, okay, chill. Um, before they can discuss this further, Professor McGonagall brings out the sorting hat as the first years arrive. This time, the sorting hat sings a different type of song. Oh, yes. So the song goes as such. Oh, How about we just read it? No, no, no I, I can do it. In times of old when I was new and Hogwarts barely started, the founders of our noble school thought never to be parted. United by a common goal, they had the self-same yearning to make the world's best magic school and pass along their learning. Together we will build and teach, the four good friends decided, and never did they dream that they might someday be divided. For where, uh, for were there such friends anywhere as, Griff, as Slytherin and Gryffindor, unless it was the second pair of Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw? So how could it have gone so wrong how could such friendships fail? Why, I was there and so can tell the whole sad, sorry tale. Slid, Slid, uh, said Slytherin will teach just those whose ancestry is purest. Said Ravenclaw will teach those whose intelligence is surest. Slid, uh, said Gryffindor will teach all those who, with brave deeds to their names. Slid, uh, said Hufflepuff, I'll teach the lot and teach them. Teeth. Oh, gosh. So I'm going to read the next part then. And treat them just the same. Go. These differences caused little <laughs> strife when first they came to light, for each of the four founders had a house in which they might take only those they wanted. So, for instance, Slytherin took only pure-blood wizards of great cunning, just like him. And only those of sharpest mind were taught by Ravenclaw, while the bravest and the boldest went to daring Gryffindor. Good Hufflepuff, she took the rest and taught them all she knew. Thus the, thus the houses and their founders retained friendships firm and true. So Hogwarts worked in harmony for several happy years, but then discord crept among them, feeding on our faults and fears. The houses that, like Pillars 4, had once held up our school, now turned upon each other and, divided, sought to rule. And for a while it seemed the school must meet an early end, what with dueling and with fighting and the clash of friend on friend. And at last there came a morning when old Slytherin departed, and though the fighting then died out, he left us quite downhearted. And never since the founders four were whittled down to three have the houses been united as they once were meant to be. And now the sorting hat is here, and you all know the score. I sort you into houses because that is what I'm for. But this year I'll go further. Listen closely to my song. Though condemned I am to split you, so I worry that it's wrong. Though I must fulfill my duty and must quarter every year. What? It, it's broken up. Okay. Weirdly, we'll see. Um, year. Still, I wonder whether sorting may not bring the end I fear. Oh, know the perils. Read the signs. The warning history shows. For our Hogwarts is in danger from external deadly foes and we must unite inside her or will crumble from within i have told you i have warned you 
Let the sorting now begin. Hey now, we did great together. Listen, you did great. I did you a did C w- standard. <laughs> and I, I, ex- I own that, okay? Because my C and your A plus together make a B, and I'll take that. <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. <laughs> so... So, like, like, we just did the whole thing in case you wanted to skip it because, you know, I was terrible and I understand that that's cringy. Don't worry about it. I own it. It tells about the four house, uh, the Hogwarts, the, the four Hogwarts founders and their friendship. When and how Hogwarts it all came was, to an end. When Hogwarts was new, the school was united, unified, because each founder handpicked students for his or her house. Slytherin, however, eventually only wanted pure bloods to be admitted to the school in general. And we talked about this in mm-hmm. our schools, magical schools um, episode. Yes. Um, it's it's just a thing. They thought, you know, he thought that unfortunately the Muggleborns would were thieves, were thieves, and were going to rat them out. Yeah. So he only wanted purebloods to be admitted to the entire school, not just to his house. So the other three were like, absolutely not. That's not going to happen. Yes. He's like, wait, but they can't be trusted. And the other ones are like, yeah, they uh, can. Wrong. Be quiet. Yeah. So um, the resulting descent caused Slytherin to eventually leave Hogwarts. From then on, the sorting hat With his hat nice sings. little secret yes. uh, in the Chamber the, of Secrets. Yeah, it's beautiful. The houses have been divided. The house then warns that Hogwarts is in danger from external deadly foes and urges unity from within. Hermione wonders aloud if the hat has ever given warnings like that before, and Nearly Headless Nick tells her that's not the first time that the Sorting Hat has delivered a warning. But then he gets interrupted for a sec mm-hmm. um, with the actual sorting of the kids, the new first years, the little babies. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it does feel like they're little babies because do you remember little baby Harry joining... True. Going to Hogwarts. Let me tell you a quick little story, because this is where you were like, oh my god. So I went to Six Flags about five years ago with some friends. Yes. And it was during the summer, and so there were graduating high school classes. Oh, no babies. That were there. And I kid you not, they were children in my eyes. I'm like, what are these little rascals doing here? Like, that's bad. So, my my bestie, yes, is is in a different state, mm-hmm. and she's like, "Do you want to?" She told me the other day, and by the other day, I mean like two days ago. Mm-hmm. She said, "Do you want to know what really makes me feel old? The cashier at Walgreens that I dealt with today." was named Beyonce after her mother's favorite singer from some old group named Destiny's Child. The girl hadn't put two and two together that that Beyonce was is the Beyonce. Yes. And I was like, how dare you? That that is a no. There was uh, a TikTok that was, "Hey, let me put on the best songs from twenty years ago." And I was like, "I love these songs, all of them." Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. So here we are. Or the TikTok where they're like, someone's buying alcohol. And they're like, oh, look, I have need to see your ID. Oh, do you need me to take it out of my wallet? No, I saw the one at the beginning of the year. You're good. Listen. Listen. That hurt me. So bad. Listen, I, I won't, I, I wouldn't want to talk to your manager, but just know that you <laughs> mortally wound me. Yes. I want to talk to a police officer. <laughs> Because you just assaulted my feelings. True. Um, Professor Dumbledore delivers his customary speech and introduces Dolores Umbridge. Well, hold on. Yes. Hold on. Before he does that. Yes. Um, 
so after the sorting, then they go back to, hey, you said that the sorting hat has given warnings before. And he said, oh, sir, nearly headless Nick. Oh, yes. Yes, I have heard that the hat. I have heard the hat give several warnings before, always at times when it detects periods of great danger for the school. And always, of course, its advice is the same. Stand together, be strong from within. And then Ron asks, you know, how can it know if the school's in danger if With it's a, a mouthful of food, by the way. With a mouthful of food the first time. And nearly headless Nick is like, what did you just say? And he repeats it. And Hermione looks revolted because yes. again, talking with your mouth full like that to the point that like someone is like, "Wow, you can actually make sounds," is yeah. probably probably pretty bad. Yeah. And nearly headless Nick says, "I have no idea. Of course, it lives in Dumbledore's office, so I dare say it picks things up there." And of course, Harry's like, "It wants all the houses to be friends." Uh, fat chance. Mm-hmm. As he looks over at the Slytherin table. Dude, my favorite thing is Nick is just like. No, but, like, us ghosts are, like, good friends, too. Like, you know, um, in spite of competitive uh, competitiveness between Gryffindor and Slytherin, I would never dream of seeking an argument with the Bloody Baron. And Ron's just like, it's because you're terrified of him. And nearly headless Nick is like, I don't have to take this, I'm going home. Like, that's literally what happens. I hope I, Sir Nicholas de Mimsy Porpington, have never been guilty of cowardice in my life. The noble blood that runs in my veins... What blood? Surely you still haven't got... It's a figure of speech. I assume I'm still allowed to enjoy the use of whichever words I like, even if the pleasures of eating and drinking are denied me. But I am quite used to students poking fun at my death, I assure you. He, He basically did the equivalent of, whatever, I don't have to take this, I'm going home. And he leaves. And Hermione's like, Ron, really? And he's like, what? oblivious as always listen to be fair it was tactless yes but he's not wrong but he's not right either nick where are you keeping the blood he's not talking about real blood it's definitely a figure of speech we all know that at least we should know that also why would a ghost be scared of another ghost what could he do float through him menacingly Uh, I'm a little colder now. (laughs) I think it's... I don't know. I was frigid and now I'm frigider. (laughs) Frigider. Okay. So anyway, after this, that's when Professor Dumbledore... Professor Dumbledore. Yeah, okay. Dumbledore uh, delivers his regular opening speech. And introduces the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, who is bum 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 bum. Well, it's welcoming back Professor Gumbly Plank first for Care of Magical Creatures, and then it's Professor Dolores Umbridge, who is the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. I'm sorry for the the pause. Yeah, we don't like her. It was my soul preparing itself. I have never disliked a character so much in anything, book, movie, TV show, uh, idle, idle thinking of random ideas for books. I have never disliked a character Until... more than her. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So, this seems really weird to, well, when Harry mentioned who she was, it seemed really weird to Hermione. I want to point that out. Because she was like, wait a second, she's from the Ministry? Why is she here? And now we know why. Well, this is this is what, what happens. And uh, there's a little quote as well that we're going to get to at the end. Yeah. Professor Dumbledore delivers his customary speech and introduces Dolores Umbridge as a new defense against a dark arts teacher. Surprisingly, she rises to give her own speech. Which is not customary at no, all. Not at all. And addresses the students as if they're all young children, speaking in a mind-numbingly dull fashion. Only Hermione, Dumbledore, and the other teachers are able to remain attentive. The entire time. Yes. and Because Harry himself says he can feel his attention waiting. Yes. And this is the end of her speech, which is very telling. Mm-hmm. 
Because some changes will be for the better, while others will come in the fullness of time to be recognized as errors of judgment. Meanwhile, some old habits will be retained, and rightly so, whereas others, outmoded and outworn, must be abandoned. Let us move forward, then, into a new era of openness, effectiveness, and accountability, intense on preserving what ought to be preserved, perfecting what needs to be perfected, and pruning wherever we find practices that ought to be prohibited. Umbridge finally finishes, and Harry asks, Hermi asks why Hermione seems so interested in a load of waffle. Hermione explains that Umbridge's remarks indicate that the Ministry intends to meddle with Hogwarts. Um, and from the book, Yes, it certainly was illuminating, said Hermione in a low voice. You're not telling me you enjoyed it, Ron said quietly, turning a glazed face upon Hermione. That was about the dullest speech I've ever heard, and I grew up with Percy. Which is kind of funny. Yes. Um, I said illuminating, not enjoyable, said Hermione. It explained a lot. Did it? Sounded like a load of waffle to me, said Harry. Um... There were some important there was some important stuff hidden in the waffle, said Hermione grimly. Was there? said Ron blankly. How about progress for progress's sake must be discouraged? Which wasn't included in the passage I read, but it was part yeah. of her speech. How about pruning whatever wherever we find practices that ought to be prohibited? Well what does that mean? said Ron impatiently. I'll tell you what it means, said Hermione ominously. It means the ministry's interfering at Hogwarts. Well, the biggest sign is that there is a ministry official... That is now a teacher. Is now a teacher. Part of the Wizengamot who has clearly her lot thrown in with Cornelius Fudge, who said at the hearing that laws can be changed and things at Hogwarts are not okay. Now she's magically a professor. <laughs> magically. <laughs> No, there, there's there, shenanigans. Yes. There is something afoot. Yes, and things I do not like. No. Okay, um, so... In the dormitory, that... Well, okay. Back. Students are dismissed. Hermione reminds Ron that they have to lead the first-year students to the common room. Obviously, they don't know how to get there. They don't have the password. They need to be taken. Up They're the little stairs, babies. and sometimes the stairs are probably in the wrong direction, or this and that. There's a bunch. There's like a standard route yeah. they have to know. Well, and, and remember from the first book, and they can learn which steps are the false steps. Yes, all that stuff. Which doors aren't actually doors? Which mm -hmm. walls are actually doors? Yes. Like there's a bunch of stuff that they don't know. So they that, that's. Later, so they have to learn the standard route through all the staircases and all that stuff. Yeah. Now. Um, Harry, unencumbered by first years, takes a shortcut and thanks to Neville, who for once is able to remember the password because it's Mimbulus Mimbledonia, mm -hmm. um, is in his dormitory before Ron reaches the common room. In the dorm, Seamus complains... That his mother was reluctant to allow him to return to Hogwarts due to Dumbledore and Harry. Um, and it's clear that she believes what Dumb the Daily Prophet has been saying about Dumbledore and ultimately about Harry. And, I mean, it's not been printed that Voldemort's return is a potential a, a situation that they have to face because they haven't printed it. But because Seamus is a student. And he went home and said, hey, mom, Dumbledore, Dumbledore the headmaster says. That Voldemort is back. Yeah. And so now, like. Because the, the Daily Prophet has, has successfully launched a campaign against Dumbledore. A smear campaign against Dumbledore. Seamus' mom is like, that's a load of bunk. Yes. So... Seamus and Harry launch into an argument while Neville sides with Harry after the fact. Um, De uh, Dean, Remi Dean. Re Dean, Dean remains neutral. Remains? Yeah, okay. Is, is, word, words. Yeah. Thank God we're ending soon. 
Uh, Ron appears and ends the dispute by threatening to use his prefect power. We're going to do uh, the dialogue back and forth. We're going to skip a lot of the um, the actions and stuff um, because it is important to yes. know what this discussion really is. This back and forth, this dissonance. Um, so let me see. No password. Correct. Hi. Okay. Here we go. Um, I'll do Harry and you do everyone else. I guess. Okay. Hey, Harry. Uh, good holiday? Uh, not bad. You? Yeah, I was okay. Better than Seamus's, anyway. He was just telling me. Uh, I'll do Neville then as well. I guess okay. whatever. Um, why? What happened, Seamus? Neville asked. Um, my ma'am didn't want me to come back. What? She didn't want me to come back to Hogwarts. But why? Well, I suppose... Because of you. What do you mean? Well, she, uh, well, it's not just you. It's Dumbledore, too. She believes the Daily Prophet? She thinks I'm a liar and Dumbledore's an old fool? Yeah, something like that. Uh, and then it's Seamus. Uh, look, what did happen that night when you, you know, when, with Cedric Diggory and all? What are you asking me for? Just read the Daily Prophet like your mother, why don't you? That'll tell you all you need to know. Don't you have a go at my mother? I'll have a go at anyone who calls me a liar. Don't talk to me like that. I'll talk to you how I want. If you've got a problem sharing a dormitory with me, go and ask McGonagall if you can be moved. Stop your mummy worrying. Leave my mother out of this, Potter. What's going on? Ron had appeared in the doorway. His wide eyes traveled from Harry, who was kneeling on his bed with his wand pointing at Seamus, to Seamus, who was standing there with his fists raised. He's having a go at my mother. What? Harry wouldn't do that. This is Ron. Yes. Um, we met your mother. We liked her. That's before she started believing every word the stinking Daily Prophet writes about me. Oh. Oh, right. Uh, and Seamus says, you know what? He's right. I don't want to share a dormitory with him anymore. He's a madman. That's out of order, Seamus, said Ron. Mm -hmm. Out of order, am I? shouted Seamus. You believe all the rubbish he's come out with about you-know-who, do you? You reckon he's telling the truth? Yeah, I do. Then you're mad, too. Yeah. And he says this in disgust, by mm, the way. Yep. Yeah, well, unfortunately for you, pal, I'm a prefect. So unless you want detention, watch your mouth. And it says, Seamus looked for a few seconds as though detention would be a reasonable price to pay to say what was going through his mind. But with a noise of, a noise of contempt, he turned like on his heels. Yeah, I know. After I said it, mm -hmm. vaulted into bed and pulled the hangings shut with such violence that they were ripped from the bed and fell in a dusty pile to the floor. Uh, Ron glared at Seamus, then looked at Dean and Neville. Anyone else's parents got a problem with Harry? My parents are muggles, mate. They don't know... They, they don't know nothing about no deaths at Hogwarts, because I'm not stupid enough to tell them. And Seamus says, You don't know my mother. She'll weasel anything out of anyone. Anyway, your parents don't get the Daily Prophet. They don't know our headmaster's been sacked from the Wizengama and the International Confederation of Wizards because he's losing his marbles. My grand says that's rubbish piped up Neville. She says it's the Daily Prophet that's going downhill, not Dumbledore. She's canceled our subscription. We believe Harry. My grand's always said you know who would come back one day. She says if Dumbledore says he's back, he's back. Thank goodness for Neville. So, don't, uh, Harry feels, like, immense gratitude to Neville right now because, like, again... It feels like everyone sort of is against Harry, even though people aren't vocal about it. It's the look Harry's, the, the looks that Harry is getting right now. The fact that when he sat down next to uh, Padma, yeah, right? when he sat down next, next to, to Pavardi, Pavardi, sorry, Pavardi and Lavender, that they were like they hushed, they hushed, and they were like, "Oh hi, Harry!" Like they had just been talking about him. Fake, yeah, <laughs> super duper fake, like. This, since the second he got onto the train, this is what he's been dealing with. Mm -hmm. So he can only imagine Dumbledore has been dealing with this all summer. 
Yep. So this, I'm going to read the last like three little uh, yeah. paragraphs here. Um, Harry lay back on his pillows while Ron bustled around the next bed, putting his things away. He felt shaken by the argument with Seamus, whom he had always liked very much. How many more people were going to suggest that he was lying or unhinged? Had Dumbledore suffered like this all summer? At, as first the Wizengamot, then the International Confederation of Wizards had thrown him from their ranks? Was it anger at Harry, perhaps, that had stopped Dumbledore getting in touch with him for months? The two of them were in this together, after all. Dumbledore had believed Harry, announced his version of events to the whole school, and then to the wider wizarding community. Anyone who thought Harry was a liar had to think that Dumbledore was too, or else that Dumbledore had been hoodwinked. They'll know we're right in the end, thought Harry miserably, as Ron got into bed and extinguished the last candle in the dormitory. But he wondered how many attacks like Seamus's he'd have to endure before that time came. That's so sad. Again, it's like the world is against you. The world thinks you're a liar, and you're like, I wish I could convince you otherwise. Like, honestly, I would be like, Veritaserum me. Let's go. Make it so. Ah! Make it so. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> that was Al's computer, his desktop. Yes. Um, I. Again, Harry just never gets a break. No, he doesn't. And what bothers me about this as well is that even if if part of even if um uh, the majority of Seamus, because I'm gonna say I'm gonna put him into little parts now, even if the majority of Seamus doesn't believe a word that Harry said, part of him still does because part of him asked him what happened he wants or part of him wants to know and at that point i'm like bro if you want confirmation you're literally asking someone who just watched somebody die in front of him and who is telling everyone he just saw the most evil wizard ever come back you're asking him to relive that to tell you like your morbid curiosity needs to be checked bro it's not even that it's conflicting information yeah He's been told probably his whole life that Dumbledore is a trustworthy person. He's a good person. Mm-hmm. Now he's being told the opposite. Yeah, but he's being told opposite by a paper that arguably doesn't always get things right. How does he More know that? often doesn't get things right than before. But how do they know that? Because it was said in the previous book that everybody knows that the Daily Prophet is... Only sensationalism. The people, only the people who work at the ministry know that one writer True. is out to get them and writes yeah. odd pieces or um, disingenuous pieces yeah. on people. And exaggerated pieces. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just feel like... The general this populace is, this has is no the, idea. I know, but this is the problem you have when you only have one news outlet. That's literally well, all they the have. Quibbler, the Quibbler is like the Sun Quibbler Magazine, becomes... National Enquirer. It's but at this moment, that's what it is. Well, it's because the Daily Prophet is backed by the Ministry of Magic. And they're being told to suppress whatever they need to suppress. Yeah. And to do this smear com- campaign against Dumbledore. Yeah. Like, they want it to seem like they're always doing it. They're doing it in little ways, but they're doing it, and in big ways. So, of course, Seamus's mom doesn't know what to believe or wants to believe the would news. Would rather believe the news. Oh, would 100% rather believe the news than to believe that the guy who damn near destroyed them all... Is back. 16 years ago is back. In a big way, too. Yeah. No, why? Why? It... I understand. Not 16 years ago. 14, 14 years, years ago. ago. My bad. Um, math I mean, is hard. 16 years ago, he was destroying the world. Yes, but math is hard. Yes. Um, when you're tired. So the thing is, is it's so much easier to believe the easy version that, of stuff. A lie that protects you. Yeah, but than it's the still harsh a lie. reality that could hurt you. I know, I know. It's It's interesting. I, I understand. I understand that you want to go with the simplest answer. Uh, Occam's razor. The newspaper saying that 
Dumbledore's crazy and Dumbledore co- no, or, or losing his losing his mind, losing his marbles. He's not as good as he used to be um, in his mental faculties. Okay, fine. Then you see that he got removed from the Wizengamot. Then you see he got removed from what was the other thing that he got removed from? Uh, the, International Confederation of Wizards. Right. So you see all of this happen after they've already seen said he's not on his game. So Occam's Razor, you take the most plausible explanation for it, the simplest one. Okay, he's off his game. He's not as sharp as he used to be. Then they say then they start making fun of Harry. They start saying, Oh, his tall tales. Oh, he's not reliable. Oh, he's this. Well, if you believe them about what they said about Dumbledore, then why wouldn't you believe them about what they say about Harry? Yeah. So that means Dumbledore's out because he's not all there. Harry's out because he's also not all there. Not because he's his mind is slipping because he's getting older, but because he's a liar. So if he's a liar and he's saying Voldemort is back, Voldemort can't be back. There you go. And so that makes Dumbledore also gullible. Mm-hmm. And then, then because he he's not all there anymore. Dude, I can't. The the logic that the wiz the wizarding community at large has, like their brains, not all there. But the logic follows. If you if you go with well, the Ministry is out to protect it me. It does if you deny everything Dumbledore has done. Yes. He saved the world already once against Grindelwald. Yes. So we're gonna... But that was when he was younger. True. Now that he's older, he's losing it. He's not as... He's not the same wizard. True. So literally, True. their logic follows, but we know that it's faulty. Yep. We know. We know as the reader because we saw Voldemort come back and yes. murder someone and do the whole nine. But they don't know... That the ministry is actively suppressing information. True. They don't know that the ministry is behind this smear campaign. They think it's just the Daily Prophet saying what the Daily Prophet says because that's what they found. Not beca- not what they were told to say. Yeah. Or the angle they were given. True. They don't know. It's kind of like, let's liken it to today's stuff. Mm-hmm. Fox News. And the reason I'm I'm using them is because there's actual evidence they were sued a few years back for being a news channel giving the public incorrect and purposely wrong information for not verifying their sources for a bunch of things. And their response was we are not a news network. We are news entertainment. So they can spin things whatever way they want to spin things. True. That is an example. Just like CNN. They are very liberal leaning. They are. That is their their stance on most things. They have conservatives as well, but I'm trying to give both sides. Yeah. Yeah. They are, they lean more towards the liberal side of things. So their stance is always going to mirror more liberal ideals. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Yeah. I mean, it's just a thing that happens. Yes. In, in news telling. Yes. Because it's all about presentation. So let me, let me pose you something. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So what if I go, a man down the street murdered a woman, right? Awful. Murder is awful, period, right? Now, what if I say, I add details to it, that's what, where the bias comes in. Yeah. The race, the gender, I mean, I already gave the gender, but like, If you said, person A murdered person B. Mm -hmm. There's, it's just factual information. It's just factual information. Once you added... A man down the street murdered a woman. Now I'm asking myself, were they together? Was it a crime of passion? What happened? Um, if you say a an older man murdered a younger woman, like 
was he her sugar daddy? Like, did he find what happened? You're like that, that, now, that, I'm starting to create a narrative. That's how news becomes biased. Yes, and that's what they're painting their news right now in the Wizarding World is Dumbledore is old now. He's old. He's lost his grasp on reality because he's being told a fantastical tale by this this emotionally damaged teenage boy. Yeah. And at and this so, point, isn't Dumbledore like 111? No. He's 103. No, 104. How, hold on. Okay, but he's over a hundred. Yeah, yeah. It's like surely. Yeah, it's like um, he's lived quite a while, and he's up oh, there. He's, he's up there. Fourteen. Okay, so I was closer. <laughs> yeah. Not a competition, but I win. Um, he's over a hundred. Fine. <laughs> So it makes sense that this 14-year-old, 15-year-old kid, because he was 14 when it happened, might be able to pull one over on him. That's that's the... Um, that's the narrative they're putting out there. The and seeds you would of doubt like, are easy to plant. Yes. And you would like the news to be impartial. They're just supposed to give you information. But remember that the news media is comprised of people. Who have their own agendas. prejudices, biases, and biases, and agendas. And the agenda, unfortunately, of the Daily Prophet is do what the ministry wants and you to do. maintain status quo for the ministry. Yeah. That's what they want. Right now, yes. Yeah. That's, I, that's why this book is the most political book in the entire thing. A hundred Government takeover, government um, um, bias, cover up. Cover up everything. Every, every, everything that, like... A governmental body can do wrong is highlighted in this book. Absolutely. Even even a person in power making making things personal. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of the the whole thing started because he really said, "Dumbledore, you're after my job." Dumbledore, you're after my job, and you know what? This little this this little kid, who, this little hooligan, this little liar. I'm gonna I'm gonna destroy his future because he about dared. a fourteen year old. Yeah, I'm gonna destroy his future because he dared try to change my reality or try to come get in my way. Basically, yeah, that's really messed up. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough. Enough enough psychology. This is what we do, though. But it's, it's psychology. It's for now. what we do. It's our thing. This is the thing that we, we talk used to about talk it. about before the podcast all the time. Hour long conversations talking about the psychology. Hours. Hours long. True. About pe- uh, people's psychological state and their motives in Harry Potter. Well, all and the how? Time. And I just want to throw this out there. How damaging must this be to Harry, who is clearly from what we found out earlier in the book. Suffering from PTSD because he's having nightmares of what happened in the graveyard. Yeah. So how damaging must this be? Number one, to be back at Hogwarts where he went immediately back to after Cedric died in front of him Mm -hmm. and Voldemort came back. And to have the people who believed him in the only place that has felt like home to him no longer believe him. Yeah. If it wasn't for Ron, Hermione, Neville, Ginny, the twins, and Dumbledore, and I'm going to assume the staff at McGonagall. Large, I think and, the staff at yeah, large believes him, except for Dolores Umbridge, yeah. and probably Filch. Filch probably doesn't care either way. Yeah. But I mean, how how traumatized, re-traumatizing must this be for him? It's another Chamber of Secrets, but instead of mythological Chamber of Secrets, it's Voldemort. What's, what's terrorizing him? Not even Voldemort. It's the Ministry of Magic is terrorizing this fourteen-year-old boy. Yeah. 
or 15.0. The Ministry of Magic is is purposely targeting and terrorizing. A, he's 15 at this time. I thought I was 15. Yeah. I corrected myself. A teenager. Mm-hmm. And actively trying to ruin his life. Yeah. Take that one. Uh, the our, our, our listeners. Just take that in. And they're doing a good job at it, too. Yeah. I mean, they made Seamus and his mother believe. Well, his mother fully believed Seamus kind of believe. Yeah. And this is what sets everything in the, the rest mi- of the book into motion. And everyone in the Wizarding Gamot who raised their hands. It was only a dozen. Do you not a dozen out of, out of 50. A, that do- is a-, a dozen of, of learned, intelligent wiz- witches and wizards. If we subtract Fudge that's, and That's Umbridge, 24%. Yeah. That's about a quarter. Without having ever interacted with Harry Potter. That he was a hooligan that needed to be tried for his crimes and then eventually expelled. Destroyed. Yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's how successful the a ministry quarter. is. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Enjoy that. Enjoy that reality right there. Yeah. And... I have nothing else to say. Yeah, that's it. That sounds like a somber end. I know, right? Um, I'm going to enjoy my Chinese food. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave soon. Yeah. All Rhymed. right. Right? Okay. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. That's how I say bye to you on the phone. True. <laughs>